Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Can you believe this? Say it with your chest. Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. Welcome in and what the Pell is up, everybody. This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed and you follow the podcast wherever you happen to be listening. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you leave that rate and review. Once again, we're sticking, sticking around that 40 number and we want to get that up. Also, make sure that you tell a friend about the podcast and... Get to talk a little bit more Pels with them. NBA is going crazy right now, so the more you get to talk about the Pelicans with your friends, the better. Now, before we get started today's show, got to remind you, I mean, yesterday's podcast was freaking awesome. We had Derek Murray of Babcock Hoops on the show. Talked for about an hour about the Pelicans draft options, and we had a blast doing that. That was really fun. Also have an article on the bird rights talking Pelicans draft options there as well, so you can check over on, once again, the Bird Rights, SB Nation's Pelicans affiliate. Now, for today's show, even with all the draft content out, there's still a ton of stuff going on with Drew Holiday and the fact <laughs> that the Rockets have officially imploded. James Harden, Russell Westbrook possibly wanting out. Looking like P.J. Tucker's upset about something. Trevor Ariza saying he didn't want to go back to the Rockets for whatever reason. That just, that entire thing is just absolutely a, just a big old bowl of crap. And, you know, the fact that the Pelicans just lost Will Weaver to the freaking Rockets, I don't know how the hell that happened. With everything that's going on with them, I just, I mean, it's an NBA job. Congrats to him. I think Will Weaver's going to do a great job. I think he's a good guy. I think that uh, the the Rockets are lucky to have him under under Steven Silas, but I don't know, man. I would take the Pelicans' job ten times out of ten over the one in Houston, assuming that you know the Pelicans did offer something forth because he is a great coach. Now, all of those things, not the reason you came to the show today. I, we're still talking Drew Holiday trades because that's just the the talk of Twitter right now, especially Pelicans Twitter, and you know I, I'm. Getting kind of sick of it. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you just want it to be done and for the Pelicans to know what their roster is going to look like come this upcoming season in December. But uh, for right now, we're talking possibilities. And one other team that came to fruition, that has come to fruition, I should say, in terms of being involved in Drew Holiday talks is going to be the Boston Celtics. Now, when we first got that report from Sham Sharani about the teams being interested in Drew and that the Pelicans have been listening, obviously we all thought probably going to be title contenders because Pelicans, I mean, there's just a mutual respect. Even if they send out Drew Holiday this this offseason, they do have a respect for him. They do have respect for who he is, and he has respect for the franchise too. I mean, they stuck around with him, gave him his first big deal, and uh, it, it's just not going to work out for the rest of his career is what it's looking like. But when that first news came out, I talked about the 
Bucks, the Nuggets, and the Nets being the top three teams I see being involved. And then we address the Warriors as Zach Lowe brought them up. And in a follow-up tweet on that Nuggets-Nets or Bucks thing that I put on Twitter, I said that I could see the Celtics and the Clippers being in the Drew Holiday sweepstakes as well. And as of today, it is the Boston Celtics who have really come forth as a team that is pursuing Drew Holiday. And before we get too deep into the Celtics, I think we should remind you that this is kind of build a narrative about a player season or build a narrative about interest in a player kind of season and and Griff is doing a good job of that so far it's here look at all these teams that are interested you should probably bump up the amount you're going to give us Griff is driving up the price on Drew and the thing about Drew is that he could absolutely fit on a ton of different teams and Griff is using that to his advantage he's playing this really well Oh, look at this team's interested. The Clippers should be interested. The the Nuggets are interested. The Nets are interested. The Bucks are interested. The Warriors are interested. No, we haven't had reports about all this, but it's pretty clear that a lot of teams would love to have Drew Holiday on their roster and for good reason. And when you're in a situation like that, I mean, it's supply and demand. I mean, if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, this is the classic classic quote. It's sell me this pen. With Drew being the proverbial pen, it's, okay, guard ones and twos, the best ones and twos in the league. Who's that going to be? Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving. Well, if you're the Warriors, if you're the Nets, you don't have to worry about it. Jamal Murray, if you're the Nuggets, you don't have to worry about it because you got Drew Holiday, the best guy on your roster. The best guy guarding ones and twos in the league on your roster. So that is incredibly valuable. It's defend the other team's best one and two. Oh, wait, you can't because you don't have Drew Holiday. Who are you going to throw at him? Terry Rozier? I don't like. (laughs) What's your best option here? I mean, excellent two-way guards don't come around very frequently. And Griff is marketing it like the genius that some people see him as he is a really good GM a really good president of basketball operations but the more interest goes up the more his value goes up and and it's it's going up I mean this went from teams I mean the prize being Karis Levert which he very well is probably going to be the the best player that's going to be available in, in any sort of trade for Drew Holiday then I see it being I don't know Miles Turner Nuggets, if they're willing to give up MPJ or Jeremy Grant, which doesn't seem likely. But this time around, what it's looking like for the Celtics and and the Pelicans, if it's a two-way trade, packaging their first three-round picks is what the Celtics would do, or their, their, excuse me, their three first-round picks. It's 14, 26, and 30. So the right end of the lottery than in those back half of the first round picks. So they want to move up into that top 10, higher into the lottery, so they can ship those, like that first top pick, plus Kemba Walker to the Pelicans for Drew Holiday. So, of the 14, 26, and 30 picks, what teams are going to be interested in wanting to move up into the top 10? We'll do that, and then we'll talk about Kemba a little bit at the bottom of the show for 
today. Okay, today's not going to be super long. It's it's going to be addressing this possible trade and and then going to bed because it's eleven forty six in Wisconsin at this moment in time. And I just got done recording a podcast with uh, the fellows at the Bird Call, so you can check that out tomorrow as well. But anywho, teams that would be interested in the 14, 26, and 30 in order to move up into the top 10, the higher part of the lottery. That's going to be teams that need more chances to hit rather than put their capital into one guy who could flop. And when you draft in the top 10, you're taking that risk every single time. You're taking that risk. I mean, (laughs) second overall picks don't tend to do very well. Anthony Bennett, that was a risk, and they flopped. I mean, so when when you look at having three picks in the first round versus one that's high up, you have a higher chance of hitting on one of these picks. So teams that are desperate right now to add talent to their roster and there's not a ton of them in the NBA, but there's there's a decent amount. I mean, when you're looking at teams like the, first off, New York Knicks. That is a dumpster fire of a franchise. Sure, they have R.J. Barrett, who didn't really live up to expectations for his first year. But other than that, what do you got? You got the eighth overall pick. I mean, if anybody thinks the lottery is rigged, They are wrong because (laughs) Knicks would have ended up with Zion Williamson, not the Pelicans. And the Pelicans are lucky to have gotten him. But Knicks end up with the eighth overall pick once again later in the lottery this year. Another team that is a dumpster fire is the Detroit Pistons. They have the seventh pick overall. I mean, they've got Blake, but he might get traded this offseason. And then Charlotte could be a team that might be in the running, especially if they don't get Russ, because what do they have now? It's Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington, T- I mean, Terry Rozier, like uh, Miles Bridges. I mean, they just don't have a lot going for them. So they might be looking for some extra picks, although they do currently sit at three. I don't know they'd be giving up three to get 14, 26, and 30. Celtics probably have to give up a little bit more, either a player or future picks and they've got a lot of assets in that in that department so one more team that i guess two more teams that could maybe fall into that would be chicago they're on the cusp of being relevant kind of i mean they have a lot of young talent so maybe they'll just try to hit and get some more picks there chicago sits at four i think i said charlotte yeah charlotte's at three Depends on how you feel about the Cavs. I mean, they'll probably want to get rid of Kevin Love this offseason, Andre Drummond. So then they got Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Uh, Larry Nance, like what else is on that roster? Maybe they want to, it'd be the same situation as with Charlotte and Chicago. <clears throat> Celtics would have to give up more assets than than what they probably are willing to do. And maybe I'm wrong and another team is is seeing something in the latter part of the draft they like and, and they're ready to go after it from a spot in the lottery. I mean, the Suns, Atlanta, and Washington feel like they could be competitive this upcoming year, at least the Suns at the very least. Atlanta, they've got a lot of pieces, but you add a vet and, and they get better. Washington has Bradley Beal and, and John Wall. And John Wall, who knows what he's going to be, but Bradley Beal's phenomenal. They could get a spot in the in the East. Maybe Davis Bertans comes back. Maybe they trade down. I don't see that necessarily happening, but it's a possibility. And that Atlanta option is assuming they hold on to the sixth pick because who the frick knows? I don't. 
I can tell you that. That's for sure. So, there's a lot of moving pieces here. And there's a lot of moving pieces in just about every single trade scenario that involves Drew Holiday, if we're being honest. I mean, when just sitting down like I did with the bird calls, we came up with where we were talking. I can't remember. Let me see here. It was the Bulls and the Nuggets. And in every situation, basically, we said, well, probably going to have to bring in a third team here. That's what it looks like. And it varies depending on what teams are willing to give up. I mean, the only team I really see being able to straight up give up something in exchange for Drew Holiday, make it a two-team trade, is the Celtics and the Nug- or the Nets, excuse me, if this comes to fruition with what we're talking about here. But, oh, there's just so many moving pieces. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I, I can't. I couldn't follow the conversation because we went up to four team trade involving Andrew Wiggins, Drew, maybe Victor Oladipo, and I think Otto Porter Jr. or Larry Markinen or, or Michael Porter Jr. or, or something because it was a lot of big names. It was a lot of contracts, a lot of numbers to deal with. And that's just what you're going to run into with every single Drew Holiday situation right now that we've talked about, really. Unless maybe the Bucks are willing to give something up because they want to get Drew Holiday because that's been a topic of conversation for a while. Whether we've heard about it is one thing, but man... I I do not envy David Griffin in this situation. I think it was Charles LaRocca, one of our guys from the Bird Rides, tweeted something to the effect of, man, I wish I was a fly on the wall in the in the Pelicans front office. And huh. I do, but it stresses me out just thinking about it. I mean, like this podcast has stressed me out. <laughs> obviously I do it for fun. I do it because I love the the Pelicans and and I want to get into this career of sports media. But this just, it was fun for a while, but now it's just like weighing on me. And I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same and and hoping that this comes to fruition here soon. And we can be done with it as, as Pelicans fans. But I don't know that it, that it will come to fruition within this next week. We'll have to see. But but like I said, going to be a lot of moving parts. Could be up to four teams involved in a trade. I mean, when, when you're looking at it, there's the Pacers. The Knicks might very well get involved. They want to grab somebody. Who knows what the Rockets are going to do this offseason. No, the Pelicans should not acquire James Harden or Russell Westbrook. I'm good. Thank you very much. Please, Pelicans fans, do not touch the trade generator and involve Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Thank you. Now, to get off my uh, soapbox there briefly, those picks that I just mentioned, those those three, four, five, six, seven, eight sort of area picks, I, I talked about it at the top of the show, but if you want to dive deeper on those pick spots, go listen to yesterday's podcast with Derek Murray. Hell of a podcast breaking down potential picks for, for New Orleans in this year's draft. Um, five, six, seven, or five, six, seven, eight could all, I mean, they could all look really different. It, it just depends on where they end up. I mean, there's, there's Tyrese Halliburton, there's Devin Vassell, there's Kyra Lewis, there's Isaac Okoro, Killian Hayes kind of names through there. We just brought up on Yeka Kung Wu on, on the bird calls today and might have to get Derek back on to talk on Yeka because that's been a name that I like. He's a rim protector. Not a great shooter, not super finesse, but he's he's super athletic. He's 
going to be foundational for a defense at any point in time. He could be defensive player of the year at some point in time in his career. The rookie out of USC, former teammate with LaMelo and Lonzo Ball at Chino Hills. So a lot of options there in the top 10. And and that what Ollie told us today on, on the podcast was that Ollie Cosell of the Bird Rights, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, is that the guy that they're eyeing is Onyeka Kungwu. Whether that's true, I don't know. This is just based on what stuff that that Ollie's hearing. And I don't I, – I like Killian Hayes a lot in the top 10. That is my guy. And, and if that's the guy that the Pels are eyeing, he can play off ball, he can play on ball. You love that because you don't know what the future of Drew Holiday is. You don't know what the future of Lonzo Ball is right now. Uh there's, there's a lot of options in that top 10. So the, the Pelicans are eyeing somebody in, in the top 10, in the, in the top part of the lottery. Who it is, not positive. But the only way I see the Pelicans, well, not the only way because it's going to happen one way or another, but the Pelicans in this trade for Drew, they're looking for a pick in the top 10. They really, really, really want that. Who it's Who it's being, I don't know. Who they think would fit this system the best, I don't know. But that is the only way I see a deal with the Celtics getting done if, if they package 14, 26, and 30 and move up into that top 10 so the, the Pels can acquire somebody up there. Other than that, the way you're looking at it is it's probably going to have to be a three-team deal with a team like the Bulls that has that number four pick or with a team like the Warriors who would have to probably give up Andrew Wiggins plus that number two pick. So... A lot of things, <laughs> a lot of moving parts, like I said, just to reiterate for a little bit. But anyway, the the rumored name that goes along with that top 10 pick as of right now, I know Fish, David Fisher from the Bird Rights has been talking about Marcus Smart. That'd be an interesting thing because Smart can defend probably one through three, maybe four. It depends on what you feel about Smart, but... Drew is more of an offensive threat than Smart, but then Drew becomes your primary defender. I mean, <clears throat> Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can defend too, and, and they'd be good at 3-4, but it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, if I were them, I'd want to keep Smart, and that defense becomes real, real tough. Anyway, should the, the Celtics offer up Kemba Walker plus a pick, this is kind of what you're looking at is is the fact that <clears throat> this past season on the Celtics among Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown and and company Kemba averaged 20.4 points, 4.8 assists and 3.9 rebounds while shooting 38.1% from deep and 86% from the free throw line. Those stats probably going to be more similar to what he would attempt or, or what he would bring to the table for the Pelicans because he's rounded or he's surrounded by more talent than what he was in Charlotte. Charlotte was very minimal in the talent department. He was averaging around probably like 25 points. And those other stats were, were bumped up a little bit in terms of assists and rebounds, just because he had this there <coughs> had his ball on. Or, oh my gosh. Had his hands on the ball so much there in Charlotte because he was the only, you know, really good player that Charlotte had at that point in time. 
And in NOLA, you're going to be NOLA. You're going to be surrounded by Brandon Ingram, Zion, maybe a young Onyeka, Kung Wu, all that stuff. So whatever rookie they bring in. So what's happening there is you're giving up Drew's defense, maybe getting a really good defender in the first round and compensating Drew's scoring with Kemba's. Because Kemba's a scorer. He didn't come out of the the draft as or out to the draft as as early as Drew did. Drew went out as a freshman. Uh, I think Kemba came out as a junior. So Kemba's got two fewer years of experience than Drew does. Maybe that's an advantage, less you know, of a load on his body at this point in time. I mean, thirty games versus eighty—that's a pretty big difference. So there's that uh, about Kemba. But continuing to look at at Kemba statistically. These two statistically, I should say, which you can compare these two on realgm.com if, if you want a visual. They have some graphs and stuff like this, but I, I want to reference this to you to, to give you an idea of what we're looking at here. First thing you're going to know it, notice is that is that Kemba is more of a scorer. That is they made very clear by realgm.com. Although Kemba did enter the league, like I said, two years post Drew's rookie season, they're the same age. And Kemba has, like I said, less experience in the NBA, but he scored more points per game than Drew in the last seven years. So he scored less or equal to him in those first two years that they were both in the league. And in total for their careers, Kemba has scored 13,154 points to Drew's 11,315. So pretty big indication, two years difference. 2,000 more points for Kemba, although he has spent less time in the league. And over their careers, Kemba's averaged almost 20 points, 19.9 points per game. And Drew Holiday has averaged 15.9 points per game. Drew has higher career totals in rebounds, assists, blocks, and steals. And same for averages. Kemba's also a four-time All-Star compared to Drew's one-time All-Star, which is quite obviously because of offensive game. I mean, you're not going to see Andre Roberson in the All-Star game because he's such a good defender. You're just not. I mean, Andre Robertson's career is pretty much over, but you could say the same thing about Tony Allen when he was in the career, when he was in the league. I mean, Drew Holiday is arguably the best defender in the league, and he's made one All-Star game in his entire career. Hasn't made one in the last seven years. So there's that. And I believe Kemba was third team all nba at one point in time so he has that edge on on drew as well the the big difference and i you know i've talked about scoring as as well but to to really reference that one more time okay so kemba was all nba third team once and that was in 2019 so last year um to compare these two a little bit more kemba's definitely gotten some more notoriety but he was also on a really bad team. Pelicans have been bad, but not as bad as the Hornets. And the other thing, you know, we, we're talking about scoring. We're talking about the things that Kemba does better than Drew, and Drew does better than Kemba. On this last appearance that I had on the Word with G and Lafayette, ESPN 1420, we talked about who you think would explode for, you know, a 38-point game, 30-point game, whatever, Drew Holiday or Tyler Hero. And myself and the other guest on the show, Sam, I can't remember his last name right now, Duesenberry Jr., I want to say. 
said that we would take Tyler Hero as opposed to Drew in a situation like that. And I'd say the same thing about Kemba. Is Kemba going to lock up your best one, two, or the opposing team's best one or two guard? No. But if you need 30, Kemba's going to show up. I think he's more complimentary to Brandon, to Zion. I think if you get that four pick, you can get a center, a long-term center. Kemba has led. I don't I don't know to the degree that I know Drew is not necessarily the biggest leader in the world. I don't know what Kemba is. I don't know what his personality is. But he was the star in Charlotte, so he could very well be a leader and be that guy in New Orleans too. I don't know what that top 10 pick is going to look like. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know where they fill in the roster. But Pelicans could get better with this. You get Kemba, you get a top 10 pick, and that top 10 pick is a guy from the get-go, a solid guy, a guy who stays healthy, a guy who's a contributor at the very least. And this thing could get rolling. I mean, the Pelicans have the mid-level exception. They've got options in free agency too. And you add Kemba Walker to the mix, you add a really good pick, and the future could get quite a bit brighter pretty fast. Do I want Kemba Walker's contract? That's another thing. He is making a hefty amount of money in Boston. I don't know how the frick they have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and uh, currently Gordon Hayward on contract because... <laughs> They're paying Gordon Hayward out the wazoo. They just brought in Kemba Walker via free agency. So you know that he's going to get paid quite a bit right now. And I think Jason Tatum, I'd be surprised Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown weren't on the rookie contracts. So that's probably what's doing it for them. And they're just not paying a lot of the the rest of the guys very much money. But Kemba Walker is currently on a four-year, $140 million contract with... uh, with the Celtics. Oh, but uh, $34 million this year, 36 the next year, and then he's got a player option. So if he decides to stick around and he's still viable, great. If not, you move on from him. You open a bunch of, uh, uh, you open up a bunch of scap, (laughs) a bunch of cap space and you move forward and, and you do what you can with Zion and Brandon Ingram. So you got options. You got options. Um, we're going to talk about this a little bit more on the bird calls later today. I'll be joining them again today. I'm not sure what time that's going to get posted, but we will be recording that, and we will talk about that a little bit more with Ollie Cosell, David Grubb, and David Fisher from the Bird Ride. So, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Before you go, make sure you go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You like and subscribe this show. I don't think you can like it, but you can subscribe it and follow. And you leave a rate and review. Do it! That really, really helps us out. Go check out the YouTube page. We finally got that Derek Murray thing up, so you can check it out there as well. And go check out Believe.com. Go check out TheBirdRights.com. Have that draft article up once again. And, folks, I am Elliot Clough, and this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.